Gab and Girl Time contains explicit sexually mature themes and is intended for a mature audience. The opinions expressed here do not necessarily reflect the views of any platforms, sponsors, or social media. Made a hundred and forty million dollars in twenty twenty one. Yeah, I don't know. I just from yeah, it. yeah. Go read it. It'll piss you off. Probably, but it, <laughs> am I surprised? No, I'm not surprised. Hello. Hello. It is Friday. I don't know what we're doing nowadays, but we're just doing what we want, isn't it? Okay. Friday, September seventeenth. Ooh, seventeenth or sixteenth. Ah, thank you. I don't. I traveled all day yesterday, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's what Friday. Is time? What is time? Friday's September 16th, and welcome to Gavin Girl Time. We have a guest today Yay. that I'm super excited to talk to. I've been wanting to talk to someone who has who is living this lifestyle and in this situation, and I'm excited that you're here. Please welcome Chrissy Betts. And Chrissy mm-hmm. is a parent of a trans child. Now, I'm going to preface this because I feel like we need to. Gail and I, whenever we have guests and we ask questions, especially in a field where we absolutely have no clue of what you're going through, we come from a place of love and curiosity and support And we kind of just want to walk a mile in your shoes for a minute to get an idea of what's going on in your world. All right. So. All right. So how (laughs) can you tell me? um, Because I know no one transitioning enjoys the dead phase of their life because Mm -hmm. they are, you know, they're no longer the caterpillar. Mm -hmm. You know, they've. Um, or they're in the process and they're in the cocoon and don't want to identify as a caterpillar. But do you mind saying, telling your child what was their birth gender and all of that? Yeah, take us to the beginning, like when you started noticing things. Um, So they use they, they, he pronouns um, and they are assigned female at birth. So um, until about 11, you might have to bring that mic yeah. a little closer to Until you. about 11, we um, were living life as a female. Um, they were always a tomboy. They never really cared about, you know, girly stuff. Um, they liked to wear cute clothes and they liked to get compliments on their clothes, but they always wanted me to pick out their clothes so that they didn't have to deal with it because they always hated it, which I always thought was weird, but I just was like, okay, that, that just is. makes life easier because... You know, they loved the compliments. They've always yeah. loved the attention, which seeing them now, you can see why they, <laughs> they love the attention. But um, they love the attention, but didn't necessarily want to put in the work of, you know. And then for years, we fought about hair. We had long hair, never wanted to brush it, never wanted to take care of it. And then we finally, during the pandemic, got it cut. And first we dyed it, and then they wanted to cut it. And 
that was after they had come out and it was like the day that we did that it was like a whole new person just was there and even my friend who cuts their hair was like oh there you are that's who you were always supposed to be and we've been doing this other thing you know but I've always followed my kids leads I've never made them I've never put them in a gender box or tried to I've never pushed one thing or another. It's not like I had intentions. It's not like I was raising kids with no gender. I mean, definitely my kid, this child definitely wore monogram stuff when they were younger and, you know, presented. Are you from here? I'm from Arkansas. From Arkansas. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a Southern mom thing right there is monogramming. Well, Mm -hmm. and my child, I won't say their dead name, but they had a double name. (laughs) So we were like all the way Southern. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, so that was that was um, that was it was hard. It was hard making that transition. But they um, they came out initially when they were eleven, um, and my husband and I joke about it now and say like, remember when we just we we were just gay? <laughs> Not when that was you know, because right. um, there things are so good now. But there were a couple. There was mm-hmm. some rocky times. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that happens behind the scenes, and I think that's one of the things. One of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast was because. A lot of people are not curious and don't feel like they can ask the questions. Mm -hmm. And so they make assumptions based on what they think they know about the trans community, which a lot of times is not right. Right. Totally wrong. And I actually saw something yesterday when y'all said that about love and all of that. Um, I saw a thing yesterday that said, when you're curious, it's hard to be judgmental. And I was like, oh, that is like what I'm constantly preaching to my kids because it's like, just be curious. Just learn about people. Like, don't judge them. You don't have to understand it. You don't have to want yeah. to have that lifestyle. But like, it's not your, you know, life. Like, right. You do you. And right. isn't that the whole point of um, supposedly living in this country mm-hmm. and being American that you can have different opinions and mm-hmm. lifestyles and that's the not, way I was raised well, not and their generation is I do think that their generation is coming from a different place because they see things I mean if you think about like they're 13 almost 14 and they've as long as they've been old enough to like pay attention to politics and their surroundings things have been very divided and very different than they were when we were growing up. They're also the first generation to be completely immersed in the internet. Totally. And social media. And we we are not going to know, you know, maybe 20, 30 years down the road, mm-hmm. how that has affected mm-hmm. that generation with all of this information just coming into them, just yeah, knocking so them out. With propag- propaganda has been an issue even when we were younger, mm-hmm. be it politically, be it religious, be it whatever. Propaganda has mm-hmm. always been an issue always. ever since, I mean, you I know, remember print. remember it growing up, but I don't remember it being so hateful like it is now. Like, oh, I don't. Have I mean, there was hate. There was always hate. We just didn't have it in the palm of our hand. And also, I don't and have, have their to go experience. Looking for it. So and didn't have the um, have anonymity. That, mm-hmm. you know, well, it's yes. everywhere. The Internet makes mm-hmm. it where it's just right there where mm-hmm. you had to literally be in a situation where your neighbor, Johnny, actually said, said these the things to you. offensive thing yes. or, you know, called somebody something for you to know that y'all did yes. not have the same views. Like you just were friends with your neighbors and it wasn't like, well, which sign are you going to put out in your yard? <laughs> and, you know, it was, just, it was well, and it wasn't. And it, and 
honestly, the uh, it. I don't think that it was so hateful politically. Mm-hmm. I think that it was okay. Your party's in here for a while. We'll do better next time. Oh you know? yeah, I yeah. think that now it is uh, the propaganda mill is trying to feed all American citizens this bill of good that this one yep. party is going to be better over the other party period mm-hmm. and it is you know life and death and the way that you know life as you know it and whatever and it's like what fear is the fear mongering completely especially and the trans community I think that's the and thing. that's yeah. that's why the main reason why I wanted to have you on is because people fear what they do not understand mm-hmm. I did. and I'm hoping that yeah yeah take me through that please and I have a lot of questions just as a mother yeah you know we we talk about we'll talk about your child a lot with Mm -hmm. this but I want to talk about you where it where are you Um, in all this and what what have you had to go through emotionally I have an open book I have two kids and I'm you know I'll straight off the bat ask the hard one. Mm-hmm. Um, like, uh, I mean, besides the fact of having to pick out packers and things like that with the, you know, this is your child. Are they on hormones right now? Or are you guys, what are you doing So that's been a that? journey. Um, we, so when they originally came out, they came out just as gay. And then they were non, it was non-binary. And then that sort of, we kind of went through those that year specifically was extra hard because they were figuring it out you know Mm -hmm. and when people say like oh they're too young to know like they're figuring it out just like we figure stuff out you know no different like Mm -hmm. we don't know what we love right away right we don't know what we Mm -hmm. love in the bedroom until we try that out and yeah what works for us so it's the same thing you know they've got to figure that out on their own and not not sexuality we're talking about gender this is not they have not been in a romantic relationship so this is this conversation is strictly just and people get that confused so thank you for I i did get that confused a lot um and even gender expression and gender identity I didn't understand that either so they in the beginning were very masculine they swung all the way masculine and wanted to get rid of everything girly in their in their room I walked in one day and we had just redone their room and it was kind of like boho chic like cactuses and all that and they had taken everything down off of the walls and I went into my room and bawled and bawled and was like Mm. that's basically my life like I don't this is what, like, it was such a good analogy because I was like, I don't care what they put on their walls, but I put love and work into mm-hmm. creating this space for them. And then they just ripped it down. And to them, it was just like they were just doing the necessary thing that they needed to do to survive. And that was at the moment what felt right. And me processing my emotions was something separate. And so learning how to do that and not confuse the two, it's really easy to put your shit on them <laughs> it is but i also I mean, think even with kids who um identify with the gender that they're born with mm-hmm. i think just the transition from preteen to teen and that's the other yeah. thing there's we a don't, lot of that they're our oldest so we don't know mm-hmm. we, right. there are so many nights that we crawl into bed and we're like is this lgbtq or is this like their teenage ge- normal yes. stuff like we don't well, know and luckily we have a, a really tight group of 
um, parents who are all raising LGBTQ kiddos, but specifically we have several friends who are all raising trans kiddos. And so that for us was just like, it's my church. (laughs) How did you find that? How did you find that resource? So originally our, um, my kiddo's best friend, um, started a rainbow teen group and then at South Press we met at South Press initially and then we grew and then we just moved to Knox Pride about eight months ago so we just celebrated a year that we've been getting together and we were talking I was talking to John the other day and he was saying you know I think it's just as much for the parents like we knew that the group for the kids was going to be great but like watching what happened with the parents was almost or maybe it was Jocelyn that said it was equally as beautiful because it was like y'all didn't realize how much y'all needed each other and we sat there and watched y'all every week just like clamor like you just couldn't wait to get there and be like unload because because in the beginning you know nobody we were really careful about who we told and you know all yeah and who, do you, who can you talk to besides each other you yeah. know about this well and you don't know who's safe in the beginning mm-hmm. um so for better or worse, I don't know. I know that there's a lot of different views on this. So this is only my experience. But my experience being that we we did go to church at the time. Um, I thought we went to a fairly progressive church. Um, but Zane flat out said, um, like, if they won't say from the pulpit that I'm accepted, then I don't want to go there anymore. And I was like, done. Like, that's okay. I'm totally fine with that. And we had conversations with them and we left and it wasn't bad. It wasn't, nobody did anything hurtful. It was just, I'll always pick my kid like mm-hmm. every single time. So, um, what question were you asking me? Well, I, I, I just wanted to go back just a little bit with the room and, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you putting your love and your time into it. Did you tell them at the time your feelings? I had to process it on my own. What I have learned is that rather than to react in the moment with them, I need right. a moment to process my feelings because a lot of times I don't know what it is that I'm feeling. I just feel this like reaction and I need to process it first and then touch base with them. And so I think it's actually grown our relationship quite a bit because I've they've learned, we both have done therapy separately and together and we know that like, we have to be honest with each other. Right. We are going to process this. Obviously you processed this much earlier than we did. So like, we're not going to just like get on board, which is Mm -hmm. a thing that I think a lot of people Mm -hmm. misunderstand. They Mm -hmm. see a family like ours who just one day announces it on Facebook. And it's like, this has been happening for two years. Yeah. It wasn't. This didn't just happen overnight. That's a thing that I wish that I could communicate with the trans community is that you knew I mean this isn't a victim I don't think you're a victim first of all I hear a lot of issues that are quote people who identify as their natural born gender Mm -hmm. like the way you're handling your relationship with your child is a great way to handle your relationship with any child. Exactly. Right. Like I don't, I don't hear this as, Oh, this is a special circumstance. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And and so, and I think that's one thing. These kids are normal. They're normal kids. Yeah. They just identify differently. And I would like for the trans community though, but what's sad is because not everybody 
you know, there are mean, ugly, hateful people out there, but I think there are a lot of people who, um, whether they're straight or in the community and identify differently, when it's new to us, presented to somebody who has no idea what's going on, what your feelings are like or whatever, I think that it takes a minute for these people to process who have known you mm-hmm. as your caterpillar mm-hmm. you know when mm-hmm. they've known you as the caterpillar and then it takes a minute to be like oh that's the butterfly okay i mm-hmm. get it now you know but um it's still it's a process for them as well mm-hmm. and just like you were saying they knew this for mm-hmm. possibly years possibly you know since kindergarten or earlier or they just knew something was was different we all all feel like for years before they came out I would always say something changed in third grade like did some like their personality just like distinctly turned and they didn't they say now like they didn't know how to articulate that like they have a gay uncle and so like They've been they've grown up around that, but even that wasn't a reflection of them. Right. And so then like I was reading Glennon Doyle's book and she's married to Abby Wambach and that was like they seeing the book and seeing me talk about the two of them, they were like, Oh wait, girls can get married and I was like, Uh hello yes yeah <laughs> and they were like I didn't know and I was like I, what have I failed like I thought like first I mean you've been to pride like I thought you knew that there were all kinds but they didn't they just they it's not you see what is around you and, right and luckily we have been able to, to find a community that they can see themselves reflected in which is very helpful yes I I think I'm just asking I mean just like the community expects patience. Yeah, so I think... But we also need some patience. But I think you can... Where your heart is, too. There are some just people you just some need to tell the screw to off. people. Totally. And yeah, I you know, think... Kind of I mean, just, yeah, just... <laughs> we can always... Do, I, I can... I can tell pretty quickly if someone is trying or if they're not like you slipping on pronouns in the beginning. That was a very hard thing for me because it felt I'm very much an empath. And so I felt like every time I did it, you were just stabbing them. Yeah. It was just horrible. And I, I felt terrible about myself. Right. And so I was projecting (laughs) that onto them. And then I, at some point along the way, it's all kind of blurred now because it's been so Mm -hmm. a while, but, um, over time, I realized, like, oh, it's not about me. Like, am I trying? Are my intentions good? Am I, you know, this is an experience right. that I don't understand. And my my thing, it's the reason I'm so involved at the Pride Center is because I, when I don't understand something, I just go learn. Mm-hmm. And so if I need to, whatever I need to do to figure that out, that's what I'll do. And, and it's the biggest piece of advice that I give people is, like, if you don't know, go make friends with a trans person like if that's scary to you go have dinner with them like find a way yeah I'll help you make it happen like in a safe space and, but, and that I really I have dreams about that because I think that I think if people could break bread with one another and see the humanity in each yeah, other that, that we would not be people. scared and the thing <laughs> is like when you can see the humanity in somebody else it's easier to get it right when we're not focusing on what we're doing wrong but actually seeing them and another thing that I always try and do is like if I get it wrong I try and say a couple things where I affirm it 
back to them. So, mm-hmm. you know, if I use the wrong pronouns, that I use their name or say the gender in a sentence sprinkled over the next little mm-hmm. bit just to see, like, say, hey, I see you. Like, I fucked up and that's my bad. But, like, yes, you can see that I'm here. And I think the older we are, the harder it is, I do think, because it's not what we, mm-hmm. we just don't we, know what, and I tell my we have kids talked this about all this. the time, you don't know what you don't know. Like, I right. did not know, I felt like I've always been an ally, but I did not know a lot about the trans community. I knew a couple of trans people through my brother-in-law, but not well, like, not personally. Mm-hmm. Like, I never could have asked personal questions or, you know, and, and it's such a hard thing because there are so many, for us, our experience has been that the trans community is very willing to answer those questions because we are straight people raising a trans kid. And so everyone in the trans community is like, what do you need? How can we help you? What can we, so maybe they answer questions for me that they wouldn't answer for you. So I have a different experience, possibly, you know, because and and there's probably some privilege in that just because I haven't had that experience of that angry. They see it a lot on TikTok and Facebook and I mean not Facebook but you know just on social media but that's not my experience Mm -hmm. necessarily with I have not had personally that experience with trans people and I do think a lot of people think about it in their head in a way that's like I have so many friends that are like I don't want to get it wrong I don't want to get it wrong and I'm like you're gonna get it wrong like you are gonna get it Mm -hmm. wrong like that's just part of learning like We've gotten so much stuff wrong, but there's been so much more good that's come out of it mm-hmm. than bad. And of course, we still question ourselves. I mean, you still question yourself about raising your kids, I'm sure. Like, yes. it's a well, daily you know, struggle. It like, is. And they're grown now. Mine yeah. are grown now. Mine so are grown too. My mm-hmm. youngest one be 28 in January. So yeah, they're they're very much young adults now, and you know, so yeah, living their own lives baked. and everything. Yeah. Like. They have their own homes and, you know, all of that. (laughs) But, um, yeah, there are some trans guests we would love to have on the show, but oddly... Jocelyn. I would love to have Jocelyn on the show, but oddly, I don't even care about their transition. What I would like to talk about is, uh, I mean, she's openly trans, so, of course, I mean, that may be... uh, brought up or whatever but i would like to talk about her struggles and opening the business and her vision for the coffee shop and her, you know her life as a drag performer you know yeah. like she's very interesting on her own independent of being trans it doesn't have to be her identifier and i have uh, uh there's a comedian um i would love to have on here Jashelle and uh she has fully gone through surgery, mm-hmm. but I, I, you know, her life also as a comic and she owns like some porn stores and mm-hmm. just a whole nother, like there's so much more She's than their gender human. that yeah. it's not really a thing. You know, mm-hmm. I, I feel like as a parent, um, talking to you about the transition for your child is more relevant to us than if we have, you know, a transgender Adults. person on and then just be like, 
So what about your sex and your sex life? And what about this and that? I mean, you know, now anybody that wants to share that, we love some tea. We do. Dirty girls. (laughs) But But you also have to acknowledge there's probably a lot of trauma for them around that that I don't even understand. Yeah. How could we understand? Totally. You know, and so unless they want to, you know, discuss that sort of thing, that would be totally on them. Yeah. But sadly, because so many people have... um, just in bad form or uh you know trying to sensationalize that ask the very worst questions or whatever like the news media that you know Mm -hmm. didn't care anything about the coffee shop didn't care anything about this and blindsides them with the you know like are you a woman or whatever kind of that was howler and hill i do not care to say his name because it's out there yes and that was up until that point i really enjoyed his show because he had on local people here from knoxville you know whatever doing good things and until that point and i was like what are you what are you what are you doing what are you doing? Yeah, it's just not cool. So, and, but I'm very happy that she stood her ground and yeah. she was like, you know, you don't get to ask me those questions. You don't get to bait, mm-hmm. you know, bait and switch on me. No, yeah, that's we're not, not doing okay. It. So going back to, um, I'm interested in the in the hormones okay. and um, how that process. Oh yeah. So that's mm-hmm. so we are. I wish I had the exact date, but I don't anymore. It's no, almost it's okay. been three years okay. um, since they came out, since they initially mm-hmm. came out. And so it's been a slow process. It's been something where, you know, when they first started talking about that, we were like, oh, hold on. Like, that's not, we're not even there yet. Um, we had the, like, pleasure of working with, the, with a trans therapist, a mm-hmm. trans man, and he was just, he opened my eyes to so many things and was able to show me things in a way like he held my hand and walked me through things without making me feel like an idiot or making me feel bad. But, but also, um, I think he knew that we were, you know, I was always like, I I don't want to mess it up. I don't want to mess it up. And they were like, the fact that you're saying you don't want to mess it up is not something that most trans kids have. Like Mm -hmm. that's not a, Mm -hmm. you know, thing. And so, um, does your child know how fortunate they they are? They do. And actually I think they probably have, I know they do, and I don't think they would mind me sharing this, but I think they have some guilt around it because they do live in this, like, little privileged queer bubble. I mean, we're friends with, you Mm -hmm. know, the president of Knox Pride, and they, you know, they just, they live in this little bubble where it's like they just know everyone that they're around. Like, they just went back to public school. We've homeschooled for the last five years, and we just went to public school. And I want to... I'm interested in that as well. That has been interesting for them. And it's been good for them to see that like, oh, people can have like these conflicting ideas and opinions and still be a whole person. And, you know, I'm always talking about that with my kids, though. Like it's nuanced. Like life is just not black and white. Like there's a lot of middle ground. And so I had to sort of start practicing what I preached as far as that was concerned and learn to see things other than boy, girl, black, white, Mm -hmm. gender, you know. So when they started talking about wanting testosterone and wanting that kind of stuff, I was like, I don't understand. Like, you still want to wear skirts. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. And then their therapist was like, that's gender expression. Gender expression is different than gender identity. And the more we are 
involved in the community and the more people that I meet, I'm like, oh, you're just like my kid. That it, And for the longest time, I wanted to find that. I think as a mother, I needed, An of example. course. Yeah. Mm. I, I always feel gross saying it because it feels like I'm... I don't know, like I want to put them in a box. Like if you could just be like this person, then it would be easier. And most of their trans friends Easier are for you. Correct. Right. 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 Um, but that's not, I don't right. feel that way at all. Yeah. Um, but but I could see where, I could see where that is. It is. And even some of my friends have said, my friends who have trans kids have been like, man, it is harder when they're non-binary or when they are gender fluid because what you try and explain, even like they've moved from non-binary to gender fluid um, and that's, I find harder to say out loud to people who don't know anything about the community because at least non-binary is a word that you can sort of decode in your brain just based on the English language. <laughs> like you can mm-hmm. figure it out, but like gender, flu- I mean, you can with gender fluid too, but it just feels like I can just see the look I mean, on I people's- equate that with more of like two spirit in yeah. Native American culture and yes. stuff. So, which yeah. has always been, for us as parents, the thing that matched the most, like this idea that they were a boy in a girl's body never matched right. And so I think that was the hardest part for us was like, as your parent, like we, we've known you, you know, and that, that whole thing of being like, but I'm this. And you're like, yeah, that doesn't really feel right either. But having to trust them. And that's what I said in the beginning was um, just, you know, trust them just let them lead the way and let them show you and follow their lead and so that's what we have done not every step of that has been easy you know all of the decisions have been hard and so with with hormones we had other friends going through the process and so we went to the doctor the there's an endocrinologist that you know so we just originally went as like a fact seeking and my my doctor is also my nurse practitioner is also in trans medicine. I didn't know that. I've seen her for years. Oh, well, that's awesome. And I just happened to say they one day, and she picked up on it, and she was like, you know I do trans medicine. And I was like, no, I did not know that. So she has been a great source for us, too. Um, and then she kind of helped us, gave us the letter of recommendation, and got us and was like, you go do the fact finding and then just because my whole thing was like I just don't know what I don't know I can't tell you yes or no because I don't know what it entails it doesn't it's I don't I do we do know people who are doing it but they were further along than we were and so I was like all we can do is go fact find and then once we did I was like okay this is not as scary as I thought it was this is not it's not life-altering that's blockers are not life-altering so at this age what a lot of people think is you automatically think like you said surgery like have they had surgery or you know are they on hormones everything moves very conservatively slow (laughs) um so they basically put them on hormone blockers that just basically stops the pituitary gland from producing that those hormones and then you've got to decide within a certain period of time which puberty you're going to go through Mm -hmm. so it's basically like hitting pause until Mm -hmm. you know and you hit pause until you decide, or is you, is it a very it small window? There, or? So I just learned this recently. Sixteen is the like kind of universal age, and the only reason that is, I believe it's Sweden, but wherever a lot of the the original transgender studies were done, um, Norway or mm-hmm. somewhere, they sixteen is I'm like not legal. Sure I understand the legal mm-hmm. age, and so that's what's where sixteen came from. Mm-hmm. Was, so. 
with them being gender fluid um and i understand the pause of the hormones and then when they're 16 and they make this choice mm-hmm. what happens if they decide later that it, that wasn't the right choice i you made a lot of it. choices at 16 that i was you know like gosh i never should have made that choice so um I is that a thing that's easy to take you can, care of you can reverse it there is something i mean you just stop it um because you basically still have a you still have a hormone blocker so like say at 15 or 16 we decided to start testosterone we would still have a hormone blocker that would block estrogen and then we would have a that we would take testosterone and then if they decided to come off of that they would pull the blocker out and not take the testosterone depending on how long and how far you've gone I won't give private information but depending on how right, far right, you've right. gone through your transition like what age you did it depends on how much change there's going to be so um, like if you start blockers sooner, there's less of that sex, the assigned sex at birth, than there would be if you start blockers later, if that makes sense. And then same mm-hmm. thing. So then when they go through puberty, if they do it as a male, they're going to get male tra- characteristics faster right. because they mm-hmm. haven't had much of their, fe- I'm just speaking in general. Yes. Um, no. Like I- their female you know, mm-hmm. um, puberty. So then they would have that. So then they might get facial hair, their bones, their structure might change their, you know, a lot of those things, their voice might deepen. Then if they came off of it, they'd probably still have a little bit deeper of a voice, which I think my kid would probably never care about one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, they are, I mean, they've always been hairy they're going to be hairy for the rest of their lives. <laughs> so that's not that you know like when you look at it there's not really that many life-altering things that are like oh well you might have a hairy back or you might <laughs> like it's not yeah you know there I mean there are things but the idea that they're gonna I think in our mind we tend to think like oh we're gonna swing in the opposite direction like if they come off of it they're gonna want to go be like the girliest girl and they're not gonna be able to do that but I don't really see that. I know my kid well enough, and I think I would say that most of the parents that are in this situation mm-hmm. would say we've we've done a lot of work around this. It's not like we're just like, ah, yeah, right. You're making yeah. a crazy decision. Well, like, of course, propaganda makes it like you know they there have been study things like on Vice and stuff like that where you see where um, some people call it TikTok trending on. Uh, gender and things like that and they go and I'm like who is this doctor that's giving this 16 year old kid double mastectomies you know I mean yeah I don't is that a thing that's for real going on or are these in different countries or whatever sure you can find a doctor everywhere to do yeah and so I mean I don't know the question I was and you have no way of answering because you don't have a crystal ball and you don't know but Mm -hmm. Uh, that's what I was curious about. Like, how would you even counsel someone for mm-hmm. for that to even make that choice? You know, yeah. I don't know. It's mind boggling to me. I'm glad that I don't have to um, deal with that for myself. You know, we have I a mean? lot like, of conversations even around it and what that looks like mm-hmm. and what that would look like if they change their mind. I mean, yeah. it's not something that we just don't talk. Oh, that of for me, I'm a 
I'm, I need to process like all of the words. And so that was in the beginning, something they didn't ever want to, they didn't want to talk about it. And we had to work through that in therapy. And I had to say like, listen, if this is something that's even on the table, like we have to to say words about yeah. it like I need mm-hmm. a lot of words about it for it to make sense to me like we have to like I'm gonna need to like say all the things this before is... it, I can wrap my head around it because that's how I process things and so mm-hmm. that's scary as a I child that though that would to... help either way yeah, yeah. it is for mm-hmm. sure as a child because but... even even though it's your parents you know, there's still a little thing in the back of your mind going, can I trust this? Mm-hmm. Can I trust this person? Can I? And it's and just to easier to, to keep it all in mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that. I'm happy to see that they're, they've worked that out, like mm-hmm. the future wise. What my question, I have two actually. Okay. Um, I'm assuming that you and your husband are on the same page. Very. Um, was there, have there been times where maybe you weren't on the same page or, um, you know, we never look at fathers, especially present fathers and their feelings Mm -hmm. around this. So not that I want you to speak for him or anything, but, Hmm. um, how has that been? Is it? Yeah. I think that we've gotten there in different times you know like not at the same speed sort of like there have been things where I've processed something sooner like name change for instance we did legal name change this past year um that was something for me that was like an easy yes like it was like this is a way for us to farm our kid it doesn't you know for me I'm cheap and so it was expensive it was like almost $300 so I was like that's stupid but mm-hmm. other than that I was like oh and yeah this is a great easy thing that I can say yes to that will not change anything and I basically said I'll pay for it once and I won't ever pay for it again so like that's a fair mm-hmm. you know statement. absolutely like I'm not changing it and we had a lot of a conversation about it this is you know mm-hmm. this is important whatever um it took him a little bit longer to get on board I think um the consensus that I have found from a lot of dads, especially who have assigned female at birth children, is just the mourning the loss of being he was an amazing girl dad. Like he was just a badass. Those are so few and far yeah. between. So mm-hmm. honestly, all of society should kind of mourn that loss <laughs> yeah. a little. And we had to work through that, like realizing that like, oh, you're still the same dad to them no matter what. And like what specifically made you a good girl dad that you knew that you needed to give them the attention that they needed so that they didn't you know have they still need the attention yeah and I was like nothing changes it just took him a little bit longer to Mm -hmm. get there but he got there and we've always been in sync about you know our ideas on what on how we were going to do things um but it's not always happened at the same time Mm -hmm. and so we've kind of given each other space to sort of work through those things um just you know at our own pace and we're not in a hurry to do any of it either so um once he kind of worked through the name change then he was like okay and it was special and sweet but it was hard for him I mean it's 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 hard for everybody I think that's the thing that but I wouldn't change it for anything because I think we've both learned so much about ourselves about our kid like we've just become better people because of it um but I don't know that I, I wouldn't change it at all. So that brings me to my second question is um, <laughs> how is your faith affected 
Because <laughs> I was going to ask about her, did you homeschool them because of your Christian faith no. to start with or just... Well, we're assuming that it's Christian faith. I don't even know. Oh, yeah. Right. Well, your it faith was. could be anything. Okay. But was, I figured but when she said progressive church that she was... I have yeah. a feeling the pagan church and the church of satan wouldn't <laughs> turn them away you know i think they'd yeah. be on board um that's a harder one to answer i think we did not homeschool because of that um but i will definitely say it's homeschooling has played a huge part in me pulling away from religion um oddly enough did you start homeschooling uh after third grade is that when it started mm-hmm. okay so an incident must have happened Mm -hmm. then both of them kind of had really rough years third and Mm -hmm. first were just really rough and at the time we didn't really know for them what it was it was more that brother was having a really hard time and we let them make the choice like stay or go and they were like I don't want to be here I'm gonna stay in my pajamas all day so (laughs) um so that was the reason that we started um but <laughs> true. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> um, so. I think that homeschooling them and relearning history and religion and origin stories and doing all of that as an adult, like blew my mind. Do you get to set your own curriculum? Yeah. And if you do, where do you find your your curriculum you know that's been one of the biggest challenges for us because we we were religious we were not like I did not grow up in the church my husband was catholic so we were kind of you know whatever we practiced the way that we wanted to practice um but sorry I just lost my train of thought what did you just ask me where do you find your curriculum? Oh, yes, curriculum. <laughs> because um, there's so many out there, there right? And there most are, of them are Christian-based. Well, right, there's a lot right. that are secular. There yeah. actually are. You just don't hear about them because we, the those of us that homeschool that particular style are not represented as mm-hmm. widely. Um, and when I found those people here in Knoxville, I was like, oh my gosh, y'all exist. Y'all are real. Like yeah. it was a, it was a, they, yeah. Well, you get the impression that they're on the Montessori level or that it's way more expensive, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. so. And we're, this is our fifth year and now I just have to, and we just, we just do what mm-hmm. we do. Like we don't have, like, I don't follow a particular curriculum. I mean, I do certain things, but. because yeah, I have to have the basics met. Because don't you still have to have teachers sign off or whatever mm-hmm. on that? No, they don't do nope. that anymore. <laughs> nope. Is it all computer and you turn it? They you turn pay it. Grades. You or? can either register through the county or you can register. You can pay to register online through an umbrella school, which is what most people in Tennessee do. So you don't have to um, test through the county oh, wow. or do anything That's like interesting. that. So I report grades and well, the state hates not getting that money. I bet. Mm-hmm. So Just being a brat. <laughs> No, we can totally get. I I get why you're homeschooling right now. We're about to. I would if I had my kids back. Like mm-hmm. we're raising them over, and I am not organized enough. But through computer situation, I would do through an umbrella school. Mm-hmm. Get their outline correct because that's where we are with the grandbaby. Mm-hmm. You know, 
you're never you're you might as well just have her move in with i might you. as well because you will never have your well life. i don't want to do it well, i'm do doing enough right now if that's the choice that they make mm. <laughs> <laughs> just saying i know Everybody is going to hate me because I'm so outspoken. But I mean, I, I'm just your friend and I love you. And I see the thing the that the thing that and... they're worried about right now is and this all stems from the black aerial thing. OK, mm -hmm. I, it, number one, mermaids aren't real. I can't even believe that they're upset about a black aerial or a black hobbit. Well, or I'm going to put whatever. my conspiracy hat on and say that Disney is doing this shit with trolls to get people divided, especially in America. And then everybody wants to see the movie. Everybody wants to know what the hype's about, whether you hate it or you love it. Mm. I there. don't know. I don't That's know. what I think. Because Disney's evil. Sorry if you like Disney, but <laughs> you know now you're gonna bring the the churches together. Okay, fine. Because Disney is evil, and churches have been you know not really. Some do, some don't. Whatever. I don't know. It's all evil. We're all. I'm just taking my basket weaving class so I can have a comfortable one on my ride. <laughs> And you're right down the I'm river. Going there in my hand basket <laughs> is what's happening. <laughs> just, but that's what she fast. is worried about right now. Is the mother is worried about the grandbaby going through hardships because of her skin color. Yeah, and I'm like, well, I understand that, but that's only going to make her stronger. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. we just have to teach her. To stand her ground, to not take any shit from anybody, and just continue on. Yeah. Oh, and my husband and my grandbaby are the same color, so there you go. It's so stupid. It really it's is. So my son dumb. really said in the car today, why do we say black and white? Why do we not say brown and peach? Because that's really what it is. Like, that's so stupid. I was like, I don't have a good answer for you, buddy. <laughs> Some white guy came up with right. that. <laughs> probably. Probably. It's like, and then there's varying shades, and that doesn't make sense. And right. I was like, right. <laughs> well, I, well, there are things, because I... Um, uh, my own experience, which I find interesting, as it doesn't matter what my own experience was anyway. This is really about y'all. But I'm curious because of uh, in the 80s, it was so androgynous and a lot of fashion was androgynous. Yeah. So when you when we talk about gender fluid, uh, my first thought is, well, isn't that fashion? You know, yeah. I mean, isn't it? But that you, isn't, I'm not trying to negate that by no, no. any stretch of the imagination. I'm just saying. So that would be gender expression. expression. That would be gender expression, mm -hmm. which is not the same as gender identity. They're two different things. Like gender identity is what I feel deep inside of me. And if you really start to unpack that, it'll fuck with you. Like yeah, what makes you a woman? I was a tomboy like, a long time. Other than like your genitals, like what makes you that you have a womb to carry right. an actual child. I would say that I practice, in. and I don't want to diminish anybody's, but I would say I practice a lot of gender expression. You do through yes. drag. Yes, you do. Um, but I sexually and gender identify as a woman. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. 
I mean, I've, and you've done it too. My like, whole life, done it. my mm-hmm. whole life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As like, I was a tomboy. Then well, I got my period and I was young when I got my period. So the script flipped, but it didn't stop me from still enjoying. And I had parents who, mm-hmm. you know, I had a very strong female feminist mother who was like you know i'm woman hear me roar i can do anything you can do anything it was okay to like mini bikes it was okay to not like dolls it was still okay to design doll houses or what you know what i'm saying but yet i've always loved penis like Mm -hmm. i talk about you know even in comedy forever i would start out my opener used to be that i was um a man trapped in a woman's body, but I'm a raging drag queen, you know, like it all, like I'm gay I'm and I'm a raging drag queen and it all balances out. Yeah. Cause I love the sparkles and all that. So, I mean, as well. Uh, but then there were some people in the queer community that were offended by that. And then, so I stopped now I'm like, that is my truth though. I mean, you know, yeah. because I take care of most of the, masculine task you know the Mm -hmm. toilet tank something needs changing in that Mm -hmm. i do that Mm -hmm. my man doesn't i mean he would or he'll just hire it done Mm -hmm. but i'm the one out you know he's making me a workbench but i'm still (laughs) like a female yeah you know what i mean like so everybody's experience is different and i think that a lot i've met so many specifically like butch lesbians who've said yeah, if I, and trans people too, actually, now that I think about it, that have said the terminology wasn't there. I don't yeah. know that I mm-hmm. would have, this is, I was actually blown away by the trans people who said that to me more than I was the the butch lesbians that say that. Because like the butch lesbians, you're like, okay, well that matches, like that tracks, you know, but then when you're like, no, you're clearly a woman, like you have transitioned, you are Mm-hmm. You are a woman. And they're like, no, but I'm kind of not. Like, I'm somewhere in the middle. I had to go this way because this was the safest way for me to move through the world. Which yeah. I think is one of the things that is specifically difficult about our situation is that, like, it is it is easier for our friends who have socially transitioned all the way, you know, even if they're not on hormones, they look like boys. And right. They just yeah. can move through the world as a boy. My kid can't go in the boys' bathroom without getting side-eyed. And so they're, that gender-fluid, non-binary, just automatically, I think because it doesn't fit nicely into a box, it just confuses people, and people don't know what to do with it. And so they assume that since it doesn't fit nicely into a box, that it's not valid. And, and that is the thing that I have found. And at I live with the kid like day in and day out and they're like so fucking awesome you know like Mm -hmm. they're just they are who they are and I don't know and I'm always like I don't know what you'll think about sex later on do you have do you think about that like do you our doc one of the things the doctor said to us was like what do you are not our endocrinologist but the other doctor was like do you have transition goals write them down like every time you go to the endocrinologist Mm -hmm. take something and show them like this is this is a drawing of what I would like to look like because it helps the doctors understand where you are. And I can't tell you how many appointments we've sat through where I've been like, I'm nervous and I don't know what to say and I don't know how mm-hmm. to completely advocate for my kid because I'm just trying to get what I think that we're mm-hmm. supposed to get and get them to say yes. And 
that is all I've, my mind has changed on all of that now I'm like no I'll ask all the questions and I'll say all the uncomfortable mm-hmm. things because I want to ha- like yeah you want uncover yeah. I want to peel back all the layers of yes. the onion and make sure that like we're headed in the right direction yeah. and we're not going to make any decisions that aren't right but then I also have to at the same time balance that with telling my kid like I'm asking you these questions and I'm not going to pull the rug out from under you because that's the mm-hmm. thing that they get scared of. Like yes. if you ask these questions, does that mean you're questioning everything? Is there a wrong answer for mm-hmm. them? And that's, yeah. there's not a wrong answer for them. This is information mm-hmm. gathering mm-hmm. and stuff. And I love that you're doing due diligence as a parent because as a parent, my primary fear would be what if mm-hmm. we go it's through still- all of this, I've done this and then, we have no idea what the repercussions are 10 years, mm-hmm. 20 years, 30 years down the line. Mm-hmm. What if I cause this? You know, it's like people who I smoke the, cigarettes. Don't you think, though, that for that's, years that's and for had, like every parent? You yes. know, if I give my kid peanut butter, is it going to kill them? Well, or yeah. I, you know I what I'm saying? Like, it's like secondhand yeah. smoke. I mean, yeah. if you smoke for years well, and then your kid has lung cancer, yeah. I mean, <laughs> There are things like, that happen. When did your daughter come out? <sighs> Officially, it was in high school. Like okay. I always, she, yeah. like I was just when she came out, she was like very seemed very surprised that I was like, yeah, okay, you know, mm-hmm. like it was. I was just waiting on you mm-hmm. to figure that out, and I'm not so sure at the time. Like fast forward. Because she graduated high school in like 2013. Mm -hmm. You know, she'll be 30 soon. I'm not so sure that if it were the climate today, back then, that she may not have wanted to transition possibly from female to male. Uh, She's a very big girl. And her even in high school early on, um, eighth, you know, eighth grade, ninth grade, she was just like, you know, if I were a boy, mm-hmm. you know, I would be recruited to be on every sports team and everybody would love me, whatever, because of my size. But because I'm a girl, I'm ostracized yeah. for so, being my size. So if and if, if she was going to transition, it I feel like it it would be because she wanted to do the boy things that she wasn't allowed to to do right but she was always allowed to do whatever she wanted mm-hmm. she was always girl you know well, she just always you allow them at home i think that yes. was a hard lesson for me to learn just yeah because you yeah, allow other people them don't at allow home, the world tells i mean right. my kid has so much internalized homophobia that like i'm like where did that come from you know like we That's are the very most wild. like open you know can you give like, an example of that oh yeah i think a lot of kids have it i think um that like Society tells them, I can't think of an exact example. They've talked about it like in broad terms a lot that they feel shame about the way that they feel or like that they shouldn't feel this way or like that it's a burden on people because society says like gay is bad or whatever the people, you know, whoever they are. Yeah. Um, So it's not like that's ever something they've heard in our house Mm -hmm. or even really in any circles that we've ever run in oh it's the internet but yeah yeah. but they know it and that the internet has told them and so it's like they the whoever they is is like told them that this is better which it was back to my point about your daughter is that like 
the opposite could be said too. Like mm-hmm. it's easy to say, well, what if they change their mind when they get older? And it's like, but how many adults do you know that like have a midlife crisis and they're like, fuck this? Yes. I always well, wanted to I be know. with women and well, I couldn't again, be with women. Just you know, like I mean, I partner. Yeah. You know, now as far as I think my daughter is more gender fluid would be how they would I identify. Think we all are. Yeah, I, th- I think I we think all so are too. too. We're all on a spectrum. I really do. Sexually as well. Mm-hmm. And like when, I do too. And I didn't I wouldn't have said that before they came out. Like I because I'd never like let myself completely go there or think that. And I definitely everyone that. is gay. Yeah. Being being infringed right community forever mm-hmm. um uh, i think that that's explored a lot in general even if they didn't have a label for it yeah and they found a label for it and when they um came up with pansexual i mean my daughter years ago told me that she was pansexual mm-hmm. before she had divorced her wife and um then introduced us you know to her uh partner who you know her ex now um but she had always she was just like yeah I just love who I love whatever I don't care Mm -hmm. what's going on there so there was a a lot and um, of course me being a comic I did make jokes because they're easy and anytime anything's uncomfortable and that's how you process but that's correct but I also learned a lot from Mm -hmm. her as it goes and being able to argue with your kid who know they know I love her unconditionally it doesn't matter and I know that they love me unconditionally and it would never get to I'm done with you I'm never speaking to you again or whatever so um I mean it was good to be able to have tough conversations with them and uh you know whether it was a breakdown or no breakdown there wasn't any kind of breakdown but I was just like I do not understand this is this what do you mean because we already had an old label you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so I was like meh whatever and we changed too we do yeah everybody evolves I haven't always correct very different I'm very different than I was two years ago and so like this have, is why those I questions. I try to remind myself yeah. of that. Like, as mm-hmm. I think homeschooling has also, like, made me listen to myself, like, as I'm teaching them and be like, oh, shit, well, you got to practice what you're telling them. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and it's made me sort of unpack a lot of stuff that, like, I probably wouldn't have unpacked otherwise. Like, yeah. it's made me think about things that now seem like if you're talking to me, like, this is always how I felt about it. And, you know, but it's been a process. It really has. Absolutely. And I, I still, I was just telling John the other day, like, I still, like, feel nervous. Like, I don't deserve a seat at the table. Like, there are people more valuable or. As a straight I know. ally. Yeah. I know you feel that. I completely, we both completely get that. That yeah. we do not want to step on people's toes who may have something to offer. Mm-hmm. You know, I to come don't want to take up space. Yeah. For another person that um, they could have that space and that they, you know, need that as well, regardless. And um, I've recently come to terms with like people in the community and friends are like, you don't even realize it, but you're queer, you know, Mm -hmm. regardless because of being because we're on a spectrum. 
fringe mm-hmm. and spectrum and mm-hmm. and things and so you are part of the community yeah it's I like know that it's like I mean, when i, I figured out oh my gosh i'm actually a comic i'm for real a comic mm-hmm. it took me a long time i would yeah. constantly get out of the way and give away opportunities that were meant for me mm-hmm. because i was meant to be there and it's you know i think that sometimes in the past I've come off because I question things as transphobic or maybe kind of turfy because I am a feminist in the, as far as, you know, like seeing things. However, you know, like Mm -hmm. I just see women constantly being pushed out of the way. That's it. It, But at the same Mm -hmm. time, I can't say that you're, I mean, that's correct. Yeah. It's, it's not, very fluid yeah and it isn't to one thing Mm -hmm. and there may be some diabolical trans female out there trying to wreak havoc on the world but that is not bad people everywhere and correct and that is not but the majority that That would be one psycho person that's gonna get attention what's the old saying squeaky Wheel, oh, yeah, the squeaky gets, wheel gets the green. I tell yeah, my kids that all there. the time because that's what you hear. And that's yeah. mm-hmm. the and main so reason that I feel okay. like compelled to talk to people all the time about it is because mm-hmm. I'm like, ask the questions. Because as soon as you ask the questions, like you kind of run out of questions pretty quick when you're like, oh, okay. Like what's in their pants is never going to be any of your business. Like, yeah, bottom line. How like, is I don't, that I, anyone's and I told, business? I told you this story the other day, but I spoke to somebody and we had a coffee conversation. We were new, newly acquainted and um we talked for like an hour and a half and issues with being trans and wasn't sure how they felt about that and I was kind of giving them my stance on it and everything and I looked at them at one point and I said we've been talking for an hour and a half and you haven't asked me what I do in the bedroom but you automatically have yeah. made assumptions about what the people in the gay community do in the bedroom Correct. and I was like They're why so do boring. I get that privilege that I am like <laughs> Right, I have gay I, roommates, <laughs> and they're boring as hell. And I was like, so it boring. doesn't matter. It's none of your business. So, like, it's easy to say. And look, we are curious. I it has taken me a long time to get to this point because I do want to understand people so deeply, like on a personal level. Yes. So understanding what is on, what is you know within the boundaries and what's outside of the boundaries is a hard thing to understand and it sounds like that might be the thing that you struggle with is yeah, that you're like the not time. Play, I'm coming from a good place then I don't I'm not trying <laughs> right. to be offensive and I think but it comes off as being I think I've definitely we we've worked we've worked through all that yeah um, especially but I think in the beginning uh of our podcast I think that it came off that way for people and it was like oh my gosh uh, however, my track record with people within the community sure. and for years and years and being, you know, I used to work in a salon that was very, uh, you know, um, the dudes that owned it got saved. They got very religious. There was a lot, you know, sometimes there were, it was like Christian rock music all the time or whatever. And so there would be a lot of kids that would go in that lived up in the area in Pigeon Forge or whatever and they would all gravitate toward me and uh recently one of them the uh, heathen one of them have said <laughs> uh well what's weird is i'm i i actually believe in god and have a faith but that's a whole nother thing uh, i believe jesus's teachings about loving everybody and then we figured out uh a kid that used to go to the high school that i worked in front of 
I'm was like, you know, have you ever thought that maybe you just got all these kids because you handle neurodivergent and different people, you know, whatever your vibe is, just because I love you and blah, blah, blah. Because one of my clients uh, and friends is a young girl who everybody thinks is queer and she's straight. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the community would completely love it and be able to identify her easier if she would just be queer, <laughs> you know? And it's like, uh, she, and she's like, but I'm straight. But she's like number one ally. And then I have, you know, clients that just got married and I, my kids, it's never been, it's always been like, what is wrong with you that these people aren't normal to you? Like, mm-hmm. what are they doing that's so terrible? You know, right. they're not killers. They're not evil no. people. Like, what are they doing that's so horrible that you can't deal with that. That's that's one of the, my big things. The reason that I'm as vocal as I am because I want people to see our family unit. And my husband definitely will like short circuit some people's brains because he's a tall, big, you know, southern, red, big beard, bald. I mean, he's just mm-hmm. very southern man. <laughs> and and then the things that come out of his mouth, like advocating for his kid, will just. I mean, it, you can just see people be like. Yeah, we need more of that, yeah, though. he does. And there he's needs a, to be he's more. He's a great ally for mm-hmm. that. Have you lost friends through this? Um, you know, I haven't had any, like, tragic, like, we're, you know, like, splitting up or anything like that. It's more, I'll be walking through the store and I'll notice somebody, like, turn and go down another aisle so they don't have to see me or um like I'm I, that well, first I, of all, I may be that person don't <laughs> yeah don't <laughs> don't assume that, yeah, that, that they don't want to talk well, I to did, you I told my husband the other day I was like I mean I do it too but. you know that whole that whole thing of what other people think about you is their business yeah, and not, yeah, yours, not yours and to don't just assume anything uh because trust me I've found out later through things that oh no this person loves me mm-hmm. they just they're There's been we're having our own issues when we yeah, and like I, I do not want this person to see me anytime like yeah anytime you have something going on and you feel that you know or some just yeah that i take it with a grain of salt because i know that like we all have our own shit and we're all yes it, yeah varies from yeah day but to day. i'm sure there are some people that you 100 percent know they saw you and they're just like oh i'm not having any they're the devil or whatever you know there are people that and there are people that will engage with me that i know i can tell from the conversation that they have had conversations with other people about my whereabouts and what i've been doing and you know oh i'm sure you're and a I, hot topic which is lovely i oh, think that's yeah, great yeah. 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 where you about it. used I hope to live it because it's stepford wife mm-hmm. area and everybody needs to you know mm-hmm. do whatever i don't know they definitely no. need to fit into a box and mm-hmm. i would and die don't. if i had to live in that community no for real we didn't do well it was not a good fit for us <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, um yeah, that, that's I look the Pride Center. Some of the things that I love about the Pride Center, and you know, is the fact that they're community driven and they're doing all the things that quote the church is supposed to be doing, mm-hmm. and for mm-hmm. the people that quote the church is supposed to be doing it for. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, so you've heard about the Ron DeSantis thing, right? 
No, I okay. have disengaged. I know, I know. I've been writing, and I have good, tried not good. To pay so attention. let me tell you, because it has <laughs> something to do with what you're talking about right here. So he puts him and Greg Abbott put um, migrants. Ron, Ron, DeSantis, yeah, Florida's Ron DeSantis, okay. and uh, he put a lot of migrants on a plane and sent them up to Martha's Vineyard. Okay. So, why, I don't know, but I guess they're sending people from Florida to sanctuary cities, mm-hmm. right? So, I don't know what his thought process was within there. Like, they get up there and maybe, if, since it's Martha's Vineyard, one of the richest neighborhoods, you know, in the, in the U.S., that maybe they would just turn them away or they would do, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. They did the complete opposite, Mm-hmm. They took everyone in. Mm-hmm. They made sure that everyone had shelter, that they had food, that they had clothes. They did the things that Jesus would have done mm-hmm. right, for people. But yet Ron DeSantis calls himself a Christian, mm-hmm. a Christian man. Mm-hmm. And I, it's just mind boggling. Well, I can't say I. Okay. Here's what I the problems that I have with the media and what I don't know and the other facts that I don't know about this happening. Because of the fact that I don't know if Florida already took X amount of people that they were going to take, however many that they're going to take in that state and whatever economically, what the growth, what they can handle, if they've been trying to... Uh, because they legalize weed there as well, if they're not trying to get some of the people that were released and, and the incarcerated folks working in the area. Yeah, most of these were uh, women and children. That they and, that yeah. they moved? Yeah. Well, the other thing is that the other places that are sanctuary cities, they get a lot of money from that state, from the government, from the federal to take care of it. This is why yeah, they do. And then Brett Favre comes in and... It isn't okay, but the reason that I am not going to comment is because of the fact that uh, right now, everything that he does, says, whatever is going to be put under a microscope, and you're only going to hear one half of what's going on, and it'll be the negative half because of his, like, quote unquote the front runner for the Republican Party as far as for the presidential bid, whatever. And in a couple you years You may be wrong about that. So but. I don't know. I'm just yeah. saying. I don't know who all is doing because I you know, whatever, I don't care. I just don't care anymore. I'm going to worry about my small circle. I know that and I appreciate <laughs> that. But we are, as a people, are going to have to do something about the corruption in this country. Correct. And about how they're taking our tax dollars and buying what the fuck ever. Yeah. So they're the rich friends. I've been the crazy person forever, and I'm tired yeah. of beating the drum. I'm done with beating My the drum about it. My main point here was... <laughs> yeah. What These about people who call themselves Christians, mm-hmm. they're finding out real quick who the real followers of Jesus are. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, you know, the good book says that the way is going to be narrow. And I think that 
you get a handful of people who believe that that's only only the people that are beating themselves with the you know birch leaves and praying in a closet are going to be the one that get there and i personally believe you know who did jesus hang out with when he was here i mean it was not the most pious of people nowhere through that whole entire book if you take out all of the commands of man and all that kind of stuff when you read these stories has he used did god at any time use people that had it all together it was always people less than it was always people who were shunned by society it was always the island of misfit toys and you know that's gonna be the the way and so i'm on board with whoever's feeding people whoever is keeping people safe whoever is clothing people and if that's knox pride center doing that work and helping marginalize people and people who are less than have more than then that's where i'm going to spend my focus you know I love to ride around with books and put books in the little library boxes. Wherever you're willing to help, help the other people. Because as soon as we figure out that we don't need the government and we start getting rid of the apathy that the government actually creates along with the divide, that the government is the only one, the only entity that can take care of people, until that mindset is broken, we're always going to have this problem with the government. Always. It's just coming because more to they life feed now. you. Yeah. When <laughs> as long as we let the government be our parents. Speaking about feeding people, tell me about your cookie business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I own Mama Bear Sweet Treats, and How cool. we. Um, it's just a little small cookie company. My kids really, I used to own a catering business when we lived um, in another city before we moved to Knoxville. And I um, never said I would never do it again. And my kids kept being like, please, you really should do this. You really should do this. And I was like, uh-uh. And then I told my husband, I was like, the only way I can do it is if I'm giving back to people. I was like, otherwise I'll burn out and I'll be in the same boat that I was before. So um, I donate. 10% of everything that I make back to LGBTQ organizations. Yeah. Um, That's awesome. And that it normally is more than that. <laughs> uh, I saw you out last night giving cookies out right and left. Uh-huh. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, as a mom, how upset are you about, like, uh, with maps trying to get in on the bandwagon? Like, we all agree that they have no right whatsoever being oh, there. Wait. <laughs> when on. she says maps... She's talking not yes. the actual maps, minor attracted people. That's what she's referring to. Oh, yeah. Is that first time you've heard that term? Yeah. That's the first things. time they've heard that. Yeah, no. Well, I mean, I just, nope. I just, I just saw a thing on Vice about it. Like, you know, that's my like go-to. pedophiles using the queer community to. That's uh, that's what's very annoying to, to me. And the Mambla, like Mambla was an issue a long time ago with it, and now they're trying. To I mean, it's add disgusting and infuriating. I mean, we're yeah. constantly, we're either we during the pandemic. I think kids coming out and all that just like ripped the bandaid off of any conversation that. You know, we we talk about all of the things like nothing's 
off the table. Yeah, that's another so. thing that you have to worry about with children. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Is, We've yeah. had to have some, some raw, especially now that we're in public school, we had to have some really, really hard conversations that I did not ever anticipate those words having to come out of my mouth, but they have. Sadly, so. anywhere. I mean... Anywhere. I, my kids... Even in church, I was not like, oh, yeah, let's just leave our kids with anybody. Mm-hmm. That's not okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, even, you know, kids, I, a lot. They're, I, it's a lot, I guess. But it's a difference with kids and kids. It's a whole other thing when you have adults grooming children for things like this. And so I don't know why the whole map thing came out to mind. Just because, I mean... Vice and TikTok. Who sent that TikTok? Was that you? No. I don't know. It could have been. Who knows? But you sent had, it to me. It had people in the transgender <laughs> community that was like, this is not okay. Yes. We mean this is not okay. Yeah. And, you know. How yeah, we we're not putting up that? with it. Like, we need, to, we need to be more vocal about that. And I think that would help with uh, putting you know, building the bridge to more understanding with a lot of straighties too. I think there's so much misunderstanding. A lot of times the the whole like grooming thing and yeah. all of that it's, and it's like propaganda but it's too. Quite the opposite. It's literally like the thing that you're afraid of is the thing that you, you know, mm-hmm. mirror back to people. A lot of like, that's projection too. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I worry about that too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, I don't know. I'm concerned. The more I learn, the more concerned I am for everyone. I'm becoming. I, I do. I'm That's where I feel Mrs. like Mrs. Kravitz. I have to stay in my bubble. And I, yeah. my my trans friend, parents of trans kiddos, moms, um, we all kind of have our moments, and it's like we vacillate back and forth between like, you know, being a mama bear and like wanting to just tear it all down and then wanting yes. to like crawl in my sandbox and just cover my head up because it's just too much and I do for my own mental health have to like play that game of like okay this is too much and my husband is the opposite he's and he like keeps me abreast <laughs> of what I need to know because <laughs> I just am so like I, I would it would just take me well, down and he like, has completely. the perspective of a man and a lot of men are gross mm-hmm. like a lot of them i know that's awful i sound like i hate men like i'm in the you know <laughs> we're almost to 100 episodes clubs. i think it's that's well exciting. established that there are men that we do not care for yes, that yes. and uh, and then there are men that we absolutely love and adore yes yeah. there are a lot yeah. of good men you know who you are mm-hmm. and i'm just going to say having been a hairstylist for all those years and definitely part of the gay community and even through the AIDS pandemic and everything going on I don't know any of the gay friends acquaintances Mm -hmm. good people that I've known none of them have had any type of pedophilia association anything like that you know uh, yeah, I'll pretty much just want to go to the bathroom. My roommate, like, I, I have doing weird shit. <laughs> my former either. roommate, I had <laughs> joked about being a little chicken hawk because you know his <laughs> his his long term like Looney Tunes chicken relationship. Hawk? You know, yeah, like you know, hey, I'll show you, I'll show you. <laughs> uh, was considerably younger than him, but still an adult. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. was definitely, but uh, none. That I know of. And I mean, and I know a lot of 
Gabe. I know a lot of gay people. No, I'm just saying, like, no one. I'm not saying that there probably hasn't been statistically. Mm -hmm. There would be. But there's way more people that I know who in the straight community or straight identifying community or in, you know, church life or whatever who have literally had an issue with that. So I just think that uh, the queer community definitely needs to stay super strong about the whole maps bit. You know, and they are, but I mean, you just can't. You can't be like, oh, I understand, you know. And this is coming from the justifier. I'm justifying <laughs> everything. Well, like that <laughs> Tiffany Haddish thing that we talked about last time. It sounds like I'm like pro-pedophilia or something when I'm talking about the comedy. You, you know, that situation that went No, on. Black Ariel took that story over. Yeah, we saw that. Now, and people, people lost their guts. But now my minds. brain is like. Why'd they push that? What's going on? Is there something more to that other story? Is why or what? Disney! <laughs> yeah, I know. The devil. Disney's the devil. It's Hollywood in general. We well, gotta. Are we, you gonna have your treats at the Pride? I will. Parade. I, will. I mean, will at be. the Pride. Uh, yeah, what's the future? What are you doing? Well, I'm at South Press, so mm-hmm. you can get my cookies at South Press. Oh. Um, you can follow me on Instagram. It's Mama Bear's Sweet Treats with dots in between Mama and Bear. Um, and I will be baking my heart out before uh, Pride and selling a bunch. You told me how many cookies you had to make, and I was like, <laughs> I can't imagine. It's really icing them that really. Yeah. Baking them's not. I have tried to do that in royal icing, correct? Mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. I am not a. I'm not a fan. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fan. I'm, it's my happy place. It really yeah. is. It's like my zone. Like I enjoy doing it. And it's just and because I'm not proficient in it yet, mm-hmm. and I get really frustrated. And you've been doing this forever, so it's nothing. And I to, used to be such a perfectionist, and yeah. this is like. You know, I, over when I started the business, I was like, okay, this is not about having the prettiest cookies. We have a friend who lives down the street who is makes the most beautiful, like she's an artist. Her cookies mm-hmm. are amazingly beautiful. Um, that is not what mine are. Mine Do they are taste good though. Mine are the best damn sugar cookies you ever put in your mouth. They are pretty good. <laughs> nice. They're a little they bit salty. They're oh, good. Yeah, I, I can't yeah. use the icing like they use for decorating because it doesn't taste as good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like I, I, I've tried to make them bigger. I've tried to do like different things, and it's just like this size cookie with this kind of icing is what works. And and nice. moving has been hard because my mm-hmm. oven doesn't cook exactly the same. So I'm mourning that a little bit yes. <laughs> oh yeah that's gotta my be, oven that's went terrible. out and the first thing i bought was a convection oven <sighs> my husband yeah knows. it makes it's a world of difference yeah yeah no so i had one before and i don't have one now so um <laughs> but you know what you can put a pan of water mm-hmm. under there and it mm-hmm. gives the same effect mm-hmm. so pro tip mm-hmm. pro tip yeah 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 yeah. I know, I went back and forth between two different things. That's the attention deficit. Sorry about that. I'm the same way. <laughs> it's okay. Sorry. So, and Chrissy and I will be heading up the food tent yes. at Knox Pride. That's very exciting. I'll be bouncing October around. October 1st and 2nd. I'm going to do the comedy stage there. <gasps> yeah. The yeah, promote stage. that. Yeah. Hosting the comedy you? stage and putting it together. And right now I'm waiting for Stormy to see if some local talent that, you know, I asked about being on the show because we're we're kind of a male short like we need a a very balance it out. Yeah, I didn't mean to, but I I really <laughs> there's a lot of female talent. <laughs> That's okay. On okay. the on the bill, That's and then okay. I have a um 
I'm doing a fundraiser for that's a comedy show um, that's a book show that I'm selling tickets to but um, a large portion of proceeds goes back into the Pride Center on top of what they ask you know for using the space and then um, the other part goes to pay the LGBTQ the queer talent that's coming through while they're here What's that? Um, it's Thursday the 29th September 29th Thursday I know oh, the Thursday before, before a million cookies <laughs> which I know but if you have friends or whatever yeah. that would like to go and so Gail um, show on Thursday the 29th th- Thursday the 29th the night parade it's at the Pride Center yes okay yeah, yeah. The and night oh, parade. Oh, homecoming. Okay. Well, so, yeah. yeah. That's what I'm calling. I'm at the pride comedy shows that I do there, I call it the Knox Pride Comedy Party. I love it. And then it. I host an open mic as well, but because pride has been so busy, yeah. Um, I try not to take up space for that. And then because of the COVID situation, I think it worked out fine. And then starting in October, and we may be able to coordinate where we can piggyback it off of maybe cathartic karaoke or whatever, but I would love. No, I need to I'm see trying both to create you. a space, and also we thought maybe even Sundays and earlier in the day or whatever. But I'd like to create a space where even if kids want to do comedy, stand up or whatever, but where it's my kid um, very funny. I always tell them they need to be in comedy. Totally, and so we'll figure out the way for that for the open mic, but the book shows or so that I can actually give dollars back. Like last time we did a show, we were able to give back $500 back into the community awesome. and it went to pay yeah. for um, classes and things all like that. that stuff adds all up. That. It makes such a big difference. Yeah. I think and a then, lot of people think if it's not some giant thing that like, mm-hmm. yeah. it's not, and it then the matter, open mic, it does what I've been encouraging our people to bring food for the food pantry. Oh, like good. the open mics are free and there's not a lot there and they can, you know, we're keeping it a sober space, but I'm not checking purses. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I'm not advocating the alcohol, but on the book show, it is BYOB, um, and then when they go to get the ticket sales, they can read on there about it, you know. And then I use a, a square instead of um, Eventbrite because, A, I can put more money into the event center because mm-hmm. Eventbrite doesn't take that. And I don't have to charge people extra fees sure. on top of the ticket so that they are just paying that straight price and then whatever fees come out of the square and then that way i can so you'll be doing those after pride too i mean you'll keep doing those yes i'll keep doing shows and things like that and also with square i have afterpay so because i have afterpay set up on square if you you know if 30 dollars is too much right at that time um square does it where they don't charge you any interest and they'll take four payments so oh, well, that's cool. Seven fifty a pop if it's a thirty dollars. So, you know, that was one of the things that I thought. Well, hey, that so might work. Might so. be attainable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm hoping that'll be a big success. I'm going to push it a lot more over the next yeah. few weeks. So beyond gender identity, mm-hmm. what is the future for your child? What are what are their aspirations? What do they want um, to do we at, just, right now? We just started high school. Mm-hmm. Um, they're doing like a dual enrollment where they do high school and college classes. Nice. I did that. Um, mm-hmm. It was so great. 
Yeah, and they seem pretty focused. They're really smart and have a really good head on their shoulders. So I know they'll be okay no matter what. It's just a matter of them figuring out what yeah. that looks like. The so only thing that you w- probably worry about and what I would worry about is how the rest of the world treats them. Yep. And are they going to be strong enough to to handle that? And that's I, I think all parents of all teens of are strug- struggle with that, like how much, mm-hmm. you know, to, when to like <laughs> – push them out of the nest and when not to save them from situations and let them figure things out on their own well mine are figuring it out real quick (laughs) not even like i mean i don't even mean like to leave the house i just mean like learning lessons like life lessons Mm -hmm. it's like there's so many situations where i see them and i'm just like i want to reach in and like help you and make it better for you but i know you've got to figure it out on your own and go navigate this and like that's how you learn and Mm -hmm. how you build character and i also think that it's how they figure out their gender part two it's like just living their life you know I can Mm -hmm. see just in the last six months such a big change in our conversations about gender Um, we've really kind of driven down and gotten deeper into like what that means and what that looks like and so um, now that's just brought to a mind to another question so what happens when like the privilege that most of us have that are comfortable in our own the gender we were born with Mm -hmm. what happens when that becomes secondary or obsolete like we don't wake up every morning going I'm a girl you know what I mean like we don't what happens uh you know will that become second nature like to to where it's not even a thought I think that it's probably one of the things that we haven't touched on that is the hardest to watch because you'd mentioned earlier, like um, how we just know or the, our gender or something like that. They or how, how you don't identify that or mm-hmm. transgender people as that being the only thing. But the thing is for them, they do wake up every day and it is that thing that's off. And so my, my son actually explains it to other little kids, like an itchy sweater. So it's like, my sibling is wearing this sweater that's like terribly uncomfortable and they just need to take it off because it's not they wake up every day feeling miserable in the sweater and they just need to get it off and it's a good way for kids to understand like oh okay this that makes sense to me um and I think that's the biggest part of the trans experience for me seeing them experience the mental health that's not something that we touched on either is such Mm -hmm. a big part of it I try really hard not to parent out of fear but like Mm -hmm. the suicide rates for these kiddos it makes you get on board real quick like even if you don't understand it we're going to figure it out because I'm not going to be I'm not going to put us in that statistic column like it's just even if it doesn't completely make sense to me every day they wake up feeling like them yeah. regardless to and I think it's getting what it is I hope we're every closer day to that than we have been that that's not even a thing they have to think about mm-hmm. so they can think about hey I'd like to be a doctor or, hey I'd like to be a scientist and everything the gender is secondary mm-hmm. is what I hope for them and a lot you know? of older trans people that that we know and talk to say that like some of that does with age like you sort of don't hyper focus on it like you did when you were younger but then you're also able to get the help that you needed as they got older a lot of the trans people we know didn't transition until they were much older they yeah, didn't they not, i don't know that i know option. a single person who i mean we know lots of trans people who 
transitioned at 18, but I don't know anyone mm-hmm. personally who had supportive parents who is in our space. If you're out there, I would love to talk to you. Yeah, <laughs> which is yeah. why I yeah. have all these questions that yeah. you can't answer. No. You know, I mean, you don't have we a time can't. machine. And, and we can't answer these, so I'm just like, wow. It's I don't kind know. Of like back to my faith. Like I don't know what my faith is anymore, but I still know that there's something. I can't describe it to you, and I don't know exactly what I call it anymore. But I still know that that piece of me inside of me that's been guiding me that always has helped me find the answer. I think that's more people than you realize. Yeah. That that is a lot I just of say us. It out loud. That we of, yeah that we follow the goodness yeah or at least try to Mm -hmm. and try to be good and try to be kind to people and try to be helpful to people and try to live the way that Jesus Mm -hmm. had taught that's that too yeah I wasn't raised like I feel so bad for people who are in we're completely opposite I was raised in the church she was not Mm -hmm. I wasn't so I came to a relationship with God and Christ later in life yeah me too but I was already a fringe person mm-hmm. and I didn't feel the need to get rid of these people. You know, it was the, in the been. brainwashing yeah. situation. It was like, can I just love Jesus? Why am I cutting all of this crazy, you know, mm-hmm. that you think is crazy or whatever that doesn't make sense to me. And then secondly, you're an American. Like if you're going to tout being an American, this is the melting pot of all yeah. religions. Yeah. And how are you, you know, so there are things that have never jibe perfectly mm-hmm. with it. But I also realized the faith, you know, having the faith of a mustard seed. Do I believe there's something out bigger than me? Yes. Do yeah. I believe that there is something that makes me want to be good? You know, and I don't mean it like a consequence is hell but there's something you know and that makes me love people and want to love people and whatever so and it's bigger than me and just like Mm -hmm. we can't all explain that but I wrap my head around that kind of love Mm -hmm. and so the messiah that I believe is the messiah said love one another you know, mm-hmm. and forgive one another, love one another. He didn't say anything else about anything right. else. Yeah. I think we were meant to be in community. I think. Yes. In some way, shape or form. I don't know who determined that or how they determined it. Or Well, I mean, it's it's just basic biology. We've right. always been tribal and we've right. always. Mm-hmm. That's how that's how most people live and still live to this day day, is in very small communities where everybody helps each other. Mm -hmm. It takes a village. You know, I don't like to quote Hillary Clinton, but she's absolutely right. When, when she, she did. But (laughs) (laughs) I was watching a video the other day. about Nothing's um, new. Everything is new. Nothing. Sad sad truth is about is we are not as groovy as we think we are about yeah. people who um kick out their kids as soon as they turn 18 and you know and and make them go live on their own or whatever yeah. whereas this person was saying okay in my country in my community we don't automatically just do that you mm-hmm. know but they weren't raised 
to have that even happen anyway. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like the community came together, the grandparents, the uncles, the aunts, everybody in there, everybody raised that child. Yeah. So that child grows up thinking that that's the way that that we do things, that we care for our family, we care for other people, and we don't just, unless we want to, we don't just leave that community and leave that nest or or get kicked out of there. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I wanted to go back a little bit and I've totally fucking forgot. <laughs> I know I don't feel like Question. I answered all y'all's questions. <laughs> no, there's so much. And it's not a thing that we can go, oh, yeah, we got no. this two hours okay. and let's cram everything yeah. in there. Um, when you didn't. spoke about suicide and such, you have you had that conversation oh, yeah. with them? And I'm curious of how that went because I've had to deal with that mm-hmm. and it's not pleasant. At, at all and it's still it hurts a lot of times because I feel like we're not getting the help I need well not me I feel like they're not getting the help they need uh, because they're a young adult and they fucking know everything already you know what I'm saying yeah yeah so I'm interested in that did they they're like oh you don't have anything to worry about or you know oh kind of thought about it yeah mm-hmm. yeah that is not my story to share for them but okay. i will say that yeah. it is a struggle that a lot of us have had to deal with mm-hmm. um, i think it is very prevalent suicide attempts cutting harming yourself beating yourself up feeling like you don't belong and should be punished for feeling the way that you feel it sucks that that manifests like that. Yeah, it's it's very it is the number it is the reason when people are like I don't understand like all the things that you've said like I don't understand how do you wrap your head around it you just fucking figure it out like yeah. that's that's the bottom line like I at the end of the day like literally my husband and I would get in bed every night and be like okay what do we need to do to make it through tomorrow like what does that look like and we literally like. AA took it one day at a time <laughs> and like through those days we have gotten to where we are now and it's we still struggle with all of those things um because they're not there yet they're they're still in the itchy sweater <laughs> like and, well you right. know teen, and so teen suicide itself is extremely prevalent mm-hmm. um I mean I went through I think that. They're also their their generation is so hard on themselves. I think there's like this, and again, this is because not because of the internet. I know it's not something <laughs> well, that we have so. raised. Also yeah. in the two thousand, I mean, my daughter had issues with cutting, and I've had like that. that. I've had to go through that myself. And I, you know, when I was fourteen, I was very nearly successful in a suicide attempt where I ended up in like literal. <laughs> mental hospital for a while and yeah. so i mean it was more than just oh this is a cry for help it's oh we're gonna have to put her away for a while yeah. and you know it was um uh, a lot and it wasn't even because i didn't know who i wanted to be gender mm-hmm. so i can't imagine and for a long time to teen suicide and i haven't how many of that has been compiled though or the complicated staggering i can't by even that. rattle them off because so no. I, yeah i couldn't imagine 
I have two friends personally where it has happened and their lives are forever changed. They are forever different people right now. Um, The only thing that I can do is just say, I love you. I'm here for you. Uh Um, whatever you need but i cannot imagine and then do you the, feel guilty because i do your child I didn't d- i mean you know it didn't that didn't work for yeah them. you know what i yeah. mean but it doesn't then you know there's so much and it, there's things so that i much. think about that like if a day doesn't go right for for them or you know yeah, if something happen. I mean, you know, God forbid it's they like break you're up. Emotionally held hostage. I feel it is, bad. yeah. I feel bad because I feel that I did that to my mother. Mm-hmm. I feel like because mm-hmm. of my suicide attempt, mm-hmm. and because I was a difficult child, mm-hmm. and and again, no way. So imagine what your child child is thinking uh, on their level of difficulty to what they bring to the table, mm-hmm. and so for me, you know, you get that thought oh i would everybody would be better off if i'm gone and so you know what sucks though is i think that there was a lot of emotional blackmail that i held over my mom's head for a long time you know and that uh yes and that's being a teenager (laughs) and a power trip and that's not fair Mm -hmm. so i don't even know how to give you a pass on that because look at what you're juggling like you know i can't even make you feel better knowing that i was the asshole you know what i mean <laughs> like like if you hey reddit i'm a 15 16 year old girl who two years ago did this am i the asshole yes you are the <laughs> asshole sorry but i still i did it because it, you know i'm a teenager at that time yeah i think that's and how you know, do you, how do you juggle that with and my mom's gone. I can't even ask her now. Yeah, so yeah. I don't even You know. don't, with any teenager, you don't want to suppress them and, you know, suppress who they are and everything. But you also don't want them to run all over you. Totally. Mm-hmm. 100. I mean, I and don't I, freaking my, have it. That yeah. is my own shit that I have to work through. And yeah. we have, like, a language around it. Because there are certain things that they will say. If I feel like I'm being lied to, or I feel like I'm being abandoned, or if I feel like... Um, like rejection is a big Mm -hmm. thing for me and so when I feel like or manipulation like those things for me are just I'm normally the most like calm you know whatever until that happens and I just turn into a completely different person and so we we have learned language around those things so that I can say I need to step away from this right now because I feel manipulated and I think you need to check yourself and we need to have conversations about this because my whole thing is I mean and we really it it's not like, like we very much, I'm very much like this works if we're in the trust tree. Like, yes, if you can be honest with me, there's nothing you can say that can shock me. I know it all. I right. You've already, it. you've already done the, sh- I don't the quote care. shock. Yeah. yeah. Like I don't care. And we can get through anything if we can be honest with each other and mm-hmm. if we can stay in that space. But as soon as we start, and we do, we very often mm-hmm. will head in that direction because it's a lot easier than like actually dealing with your emotions and a lot of times I'll be like listen I've done a lot of therapy like I know I'm asking you to Mm -hmm. do some evolved shit like this is not stuff that most 14 year olds are doing but like also if we're going to stay on this path like we have to talk about these things and we have we can't 
not have these conversations. It's like anything else. In order to be successful, you have to put in the work. The work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whether it be. And that's really yeah. my only like rule regarding transition or anything is that like we will all come to the table and give it 100%. And we all have to agree before we can move. My husband and I both agree right. on this. But let, like um, that, you know, we have to all make like with the name change. We all had to get to that point before we did that. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of my family doesn't even know lockers because I don't talk about it. Like it's just not something that. Well, and then has you come have to up. deal with the debate from everyone who has their TikTok knowledge instead of just mm-hmm. straight up asking you, mm-hmm. "Are you worried about this?" But yet at the same time, I have friends who don't blink an eye when their eight-year-old is um, growing armpit hair and they're about to start their period and they're like, they're not ready for this. Mm -hmm. You know, my kid's not ready for this emotionally and so they put them on a puberty blocker or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I do realize, you know, that you're not going to do something that's not safe Mm -hmm. for your child or whatever. I think that's the biggest misconception. I really do. Mm -hmm. I honestly think that a lot of people just see us and think like, question for you yeah since you started so young I started at a normal age I was 12 since you started so young would you have been it's such a hard question though would you do you think you or your mom would have been open to you being on puberty blockers for a couple of years or so until at the time yeah maybe I I don't know because like in my family people had started young and my parents uh, being from the south Mm -hmm. like we talk about things like um my mom got married at 15 she was forced you know by her mom because of a better life my aunt was married at 13 she ran away from home and got married because they didn't have the same kind of laws Mm -hmm. that they Mm -hmm. have on the books now and so and the men that married them were much older and it was Mm -hmm. get you know so it was such a different time and so I'm not so sure if my mom would have been open to it because of the fact that, you know, s- different people started their period young. My sister didn't start hers till she was 16. And oh, here really? I was at nine. So it was a weird. Well, you can't. You just situation there. And then at 13, I have a body like Raquel. Well, you know, like mm-hmm. an adult body. Yeah. And it was hard navigating. I mean, I had men propositioning me at 11 because my body looked like a woman at 11 yeah you know because i had two years of those hormones yeah going through me yeah so you know but it was very weird and uncomfortable to start my period in the fourth grade and you don't know know? like it's hard to say like what would you would would your mom say yes or no to something that's like it's like asking like would Would she she let aliens take you to the mall like i don't know know what's crazy (laughs) my cramps were so bad and back Uh then you know drugs were not the Mm -hmm. same situation we literally got over the counter paragorg which is a freaking morphine derivative like literally i was getting liquid opium and i had migraines at seven and what i realized is that was my hormones Mm -hmm. changing Mm -hmm. like i stopped having migraines when i started going through the change i had them all through my life from seven till when i hit menopause and sadly i got them back after covid and i believe that it's a side effect from the vaccine but that's i don't you know i don't know i mean Mm. uh they're not as prevalent as they were before but i 
you know, we don't know. I don't know. That technology wasn't available at the time, but because of everything being so young, I don't think that they would have even asked about that. Right. You know, the bad thing, though, is my mom's history and her having gotten married at 15 made me believe at 14 that I was a friggin' adult mm-hmm. because <laughs> she could do it. So I definitely could have done it. And by the time I was, you know, 16, I'd ran away from home and was forcing them to sign papers to marry somebody. So it's, you know, I mean, the trajectory of my life path was less focused because of the battle royale I had with my mother. Which I think is another thing. Growing up. Like, it's easy to say in, like in our situation like oh I can't imagine but it's like I can't imagine that either and how much that probably affected your life and who you are and how you you know process how you process the world why I'm a child now and yeah you know like so many things and so (laughs) I think we try and say like oh well do you know can you like we none of us know we don't don't know. know you don't know how it affected you you don't know you know like yeah and it's all just part of how, like it just it's life is. this yeah. is it our journey is. like it's I our, yeah i want it to fit nicely in a box but it really doesn't no one's <laughs> does doesn't. no one's does nobody and wants to be inconvenienced well that, i think that is very true that is what the idiot box coming into our home when they made cable and now fiber optic cable just as the old timers had said and I was a book reader, you know. I like to read. They said the same state, thing when the printing press came out. Oh, oh my gosh. Sure These did. people are going to learn to yes. read and they're going to yes. be smarter than us. It's going to yep. be terrible. Yeah. And then, <laughs> Every new thing. Yeah. But I do think that we have kind of been brainwashed, especially through our sitcom eras. You know, I think kids now, they don't watch TV like mm-hmm. we used to. They watch YouTube videos and three-minute things on TikToks and whatever or they're producing their own content they themselves are being the stars of their shows but I think for such a long time our generation especially has been kind of brainwashed into all of life's problems are solvable in a 30 minute time slot that is very true and their generation very much I think that their mental health a lot of the things that we come across it's like something is uncomfortable or something is hard just forget it we just we should just completely ignore it or vilify it definitely yeah it really is yeah we either need to ignore it or vilify it Mm -hmm. so that we don't address it Mm -hmm. i keep telling my kids i'm gonna get a feelings chart for the house because i'm like what's the feeling you're actually feeling right now like yeah you know what i mean because it's like we always it's like we'll be mad at somebody else and it's like are you really mad at that person or are you mad at like and how you're feeling about something else or like you know parties hijack actual things that we need as life skills too yeah you know let's i mean i hate the fact that people say well it's facts not feelings because it's a it's a little bit of both but facts are important you know as well and feelings are important right as well yeah and so we need to you know figure out what is 
factual and then whatever but i hate mm-hmm. when they use it to blanket statement everything mm-hmm. but both are equally as important so yeah i agree all right we gotta wrap up i figured i know you got stuff to do i know it's always <laughs> <So>. <laughs> my life is crazy right now all right what do you got coming up well, tonight I'm going to tell some jokes. I got the Pride Center comedy party. I've got a, I'm actually on a queer bill in Chattanooga in October. Like, All right. Oh, awesome. Where it's like, is this thing out? <laughs> I'm like, okay. Where are, guess, you, where are you performing? In, uh, oh my gosh. I don't even know right yeah, now. Yeah, you it's don't know. You know. Chattanooga. <laughs> I know. I know. It's at a place. It's at a place. It's at a place in Chattanooga. Chattanooga which, I mean, it's, it's on October street. 8th, so I'll, yeah, I'll you'll say figure more it out about then. it then. I'll, I wasn't mm-hmm. expecting any, you know, big thing. But yeah. I've been doing a lot more with comedy, so that's good. So yeah, that's so awesome. next weekend. wherever I can. The Pride Center. I'll be on the stage. I'll be hosting. Mm-hmm. Y'all can see what my host skills are like. What are you doing? Next weekend, I'll be with I'll Clam be Slam oh, at no. the concourse. No. Oh, I'm it's the return of Clam Slam. I think I actually can go. But you think? You hope? You hope? I probably have something on there. And then it's Saturday so is my VOBO's first birthday. Aww. And y'all don't get to come to that. Sorry. <laughs> but then I will be. So next weekend is Clam Slam? Yeah. The 23rd. Yeah. Friday the 23rd at the concourse. Are you doing cabaret on the 24th? I am not because I got to go to, I got to go to Nash Vegas <laughs> and be with my grandbaby. I'm making his cake. Something in Chattanooga, but it's not specific. So I don't know, but I'm so annoyed. She just writes. I have. I Do you have, have something in Chattanooga? Well, supposed to be, but I think I'm just going to figure out what it okay. was supposed to be and not go and do the clam slam, you know. And then I'm really excited about this one. I'm going to do Knoxville Idol. Yeah, yeah. this is pretty cool. I'm At Core. For you too. Core, which I guess I can say used to be the edge, right? People yeah. don't. I guess everybody knows that yeah. now. Yeah. So now it's Core, and that show starts at 8 p.m. And I'm really excited about that because it is way out of my comfort zone. So what exactly is it? So um, it's it's a drag show, but you have to sing in every category. So there's three categories, creative, evening gown, or, you know, tuxedo for, mm-hmm. and then talent. And I'm not going to say what I'm doing, but um, it's going to be pretty sweet. It's gonna I be can't pretty awesome. believe they're going to let her do that with that on that stage because we all know what her talent is. <laughs> it's so true, but I can't give BJ's on stage. I know. I'm, I know that. I know. I was I know. just trying to allude to. I know. That's what my husband goes. He goes, what talent are you doing? And I told him and he goes, oh, not the other one. <laughs> and I said, no, that's just for you. <laughs> um, so you sing while you do these things it is not lip syncing it is actual singing now i do not claim to be a good singer i'm a decent singer and i can fake my way okay so i am just really excited about getting out of my comfort zone expressing more (laughs) as another gender um and it just it just puts me 
at another level when I do Brad I'm or when I do that on October 15th at the concourse or when I do that and so oh, I yeah yeah so can what I ask you, I know you've probably said this before, but like, no. what made you want to do drag? Like well, how, what got you into drag? Um, she saw somebody else do it and thought, I can do that. <laughs> I can do that better. <laughs> no, she'll tell you whatever. No. <laughs> She's like, like stop I have, it. I have spent, it's, that's all because I said that to her. I was like, I think I can do stand-up comedy. I still think I can. I think you but, can too. Yeah. I think anybody mm-hmm. can. I think anybody can. Yeah. You're, just, right. you're an entertainer. Yeah. You're, you're an entertainer. Yeah. Stuff. I have yeah. always been a performer ever mm-hmm. since I can remember. My mother always said that she caught me in the room it's with a hundred million voices. Yeah. yeah. So, but she never encouraged me uh-huh. on that uh-huh. because she's, I mean, she's, compl- she was completely right. She goes, you you are not going to make it in what they want in Hollywood or in show business. You don't have the right look. You don't have your that was fat short sightedness, and I'm mad about that because you true. absolutely like, could have. You may not have been the ingenue. Yeah, I don't mean it's but true. You I mean it's true. Could have no, been what I'm saying. That, but <laughs> but I had that same mindset too. I should have already been a famous stand-up comic. But you know who changed my mind about that? The girl who, Mindy Cohn, the girl who played Natalie on yes. Facts of Life. And I was like, well, she's right. a little bigger girl. Right. I can totally do that. But I did not have the Sasha encouragement. I did not have, yeah. There were other things going on there. Representation is a thing. And obviously mm-hmm. this is, I can't believe yeah. everybody's freaking about the Little Mermaid situation. Mm-hmm. But you're going to hear it with this right, person's we have 10 minutes. Or this person's whatever. <laughs> So I know we've been trying to wrap this up. Yeah. Um, So at 38, I got divorced again and uh, I was going through a midlife crisis and somebody just turned me on to burlesque here. And Mm -hmm. I said, oh, I'm going to do that. But it wasn't until 2018, I think, where um, Clam Slam had just started. I just went to a show and I saw that and I was like, holy shit, I can do that. I I can do this. So I ended up, my first number was my signature, mm-hmm. uh, Corrupt. And there was just such a good feedback from it. It just fueled me. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And then Barry Manatees, when he put on Bear It All and kind of mm-hmm. gave me that boost. Mm-hmm. And just being around masculinity and men, it just gives me a whole nother level to my performance. And I absolutely love it. I love it. I and I love it. it. And never at any time did the gender bending and the drag. Uh, was it like, why you want to do this? I was like, yes, let's. Do, you need to do this for sure. Yeah, because I remember when you were discussing doing it. And so. I actually enjoy drag more than I do burlesque. Yeah, because I'm not a dancer at all. I can fake it. I'm a really good lip syncer though. Uh-huh. I can do that. And yeah. she sings well. So you have to sing live for these, don't you? Yeah. Or do you get yeah. to lip sync? No, no, it's all live. Yeah. So that's See, what's going to take me out of my comfort zone. I would not be able to do that at all. And Siren doesn't com- get to how be. How many people are there competing? In the competition, does she? <sighs> Four or five in there. Yeah. I'm so yeah. excited for you. Oh, thanks. I, yeah. 
I love it. I think it'll it. be a lot of fun. I think she's going to My husband was not encouraging about it. Now he is. He's like, I'm a firm believer that you need to take one thing and you need to do it just really, really well. So you need to focus on Rocky Horror and Brad. And I said, but I ain't getting any younger. There are some things I want to do before I die, and this is one of them. So I'm going to do it, number one. Number two, yeah. this is going to just make my Brad better. better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that the more masculine I am in doing things, the more that that's going to come out on stage during Rocky Horror. So I have a plan. And you don't. I know what I'm doing. And you don't. It's not. That's that whole like. You're taking up too much space. Just take your little seat over here, and that's enough. And no, no, no. no. Do all the things that make you. My happy. husband knows I take all the fucking space. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't mind it though. He likes to be in the background and it's not yeah. funny. Not take up space. This is becoming my space more and more and more. And <laughs> now I'm trying to figure out how I can configure the upstairs to accommodate the stuff of this. <laughs> so if you have questions for Chrissy. Maybe yeah, email us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'm, you got the same situation going on, and you do not know there are resources how to start. Yeah, too. Yeah. How to yeah? So you can you need somebody to talk to. What? It, maybe you're a kid and you need to talk to. Mm-hmm. I hope not many kids that are younger. I hope no kids are listening to our show because it says mature content. Yeah. However, I also know kids. So yep. if you're listening to this, <laughs> um, and you need somebody to talk to, like. Uh, there are three moms right here who yeah. may not understand everything. Chrissy is way further along, but we're definitely huggers and listeners, and you yeah. Know. And her cookie thing is called Love Mama you. Bear's Sweet Treats. I mean, yeah. come on, we not have a Mama, Mama Bear. Sweet. Treats. We're all Mama Bears. Yes, true. Yes. But you have people that love you and that understand you or will try to understand you so just definitely remember that always no matter what y'all are yes. going through just remember no matter what your age is send us an email you know yep gab and girl time at gmail.com and go find gail uh gab and gail time on all social media platforms yeah and i am brady von beaverhausen on instagram and bruised tonsils on fet and tiktok we love you. And we thank we you, you so much for listening to us. <laughs> we do. It's very exciting. <laughs> I, I, you Have you know. had fun? I loved it. I would love for you to come back in, you know, a year or so and give Tell an update. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Tell love an update. It's, it's a process. Sure. It is a process. Who knows? And you're fun to be. talk to. Yeah. Oh, and thank you for not, uh, if I asked any questions that were, you know, I'm not, I really... I think some people are. I think if it's an experience that they've lived their whole lives, it can be scary to, you know, they can get offended a little bit easier. And I understand that, but I well, don't yeah. have that. That is never our intent. Totally. We do never. not. It is never our intent to offend, embarrass, be combative totally. with any of our guests. We're, we're definitely not trying to do that. And when we play devil's advocate or whatever, to find information it is seeking information it is trying to say hey there's a whole bunch of people that think this way tell us about this because you know we want to educate and enlighten and enrich and uplift i mean it's definitely not supposed to be uh, we don't appreciate any
Always has a bashing or whatever. And you definitely don't want anybody to bash the Want the best. Want everybody to prosper. Way to go out on a high notes. I hate this microphone right now. This and I don't know what I'm doing wrong. It's just been. Thank you so much for listening to Gabin Girl Time. Gabin Girl Time. Gabin Girl Time. I forgot if I had to ask our guest if she wanted to sing. She did. <laughs> no. She was cool anyway. Ha ha ha. Bing bing bing. Ding a ling. Or not. It's okay. We'll fix it. Thank you all. We love you. We love you. And we thank you so much for listening to. I forgot if I asked to ask our guest if she wanted to sing. She did, because <laughs> no. she was cool anyway. Ha ha ha. Bing, 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 ding a ling. Or not. <laughs>